0: Hello, this is Nicholas Brown, and welcome back to another episode of the Second Sticks Podcast. Today, my guest is Michael McKay. McKay works as a second-second AD, or second-second assistant director. Enjoy. So, I am here today with Michael McKay. How are you doing? I'm good, Nick. Thank How are you, you doing today? Good, man. Thank you very much for being with me on the Second Sticks Podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Glad so, to be here. So, what is it that you do in the film industry?
1: Um, I'm a I'm currently a second-second AD. Um, you've talked to a couple of my my other fellow ADs uh, in town, Justin Nabowski and Keegan Sacco. But um, currently, as a second second, we are the uh, the right-hand man to the, the first AD uh, on set. And generally, uh, we're in charge of background, setting lockups, just making sure that all of the production assistants and PAs that we have with us um, are in the correct positions, whether that's if we're doing, you know, a car thing. We have them on the correct street blocks just to make sure that everything's locked up and safe. Um, and then, um, yeah, just kind of helping everything to, to move forward and helping the first AD uh, keep up and, and keep things moving along throughout the day. Nice. So what is it that got you interested in
0: working in film?
1: Um, you know what? I don't really have... I didn't like grow up playing with cameras um I, I've listened to some of your other podcasts and you know every, everybody has the story of you know they they grew up with their own camcorders and they shot skate videos and edited their own stuff and i I didn't um I'm from a small town in Indiana kind of grew up and um I was into radio broadcasting. Um, I I studied radio broadcasting. I took a a class in high school, um, also did a a video class in high school, but radio was kind of always where I, for some reason, thought that I would end up. Um, And then in Indiana, you know, there's no films there, so um, I always just kind of envisioned most of the people that I went to college with and stuff, um, I went for a telecommunication telecommunications degree at Ball State University. Um, they had a really great telecommunications and radio program. And just in Indiana, I guess, you just either you end up at a news station or you kind of end up like editing for advertising. So that right. was just kind of always where I thought that I would end up. Um, but then after college, moved down to South Carolina and just kind of lucked into this, this weird thing. My, uh, my roommate met one of the producers on Army Wives. Uh, Harry Bring out at Taco Boy one night and was like, hey, man, my friend just moved to town. Like, anything you can do to help him out? And he gave him his card and just said, hey, we're about to start staffing up for uh, season three, I think it was. Like, have him uh, reach out after the holidays. Interesting. I, yeah.
0: Huh. Um, was your roommate into film or they, this was just literally just like a happenstance?
1: You he met He it, met Harry. It was more of happenstance. He's a photographer in town, but... He just happened to come across him, overheard him talking about film-related things, and was just just kind of is that good of a friend that was willing to just be like, hey man, like what's your deal and what can you do to help me out? That's pretty cool, man. <laughs> um, totally like out of the blue, and and um I didn't really take advantage of what I had in college, so I didn't ever like I I honestly I never shot short films. I had never been on. Any kind of set whatsoever, so I just like show up for my interview in my my shirt and tie, which I'm still like mocked to this day by. Really? Yeah, you know, uh, Sebastian Mazzola um, was the ad doing the interview, and he just like looked at me and was like, "What are you doing? Like, that's not (laughs) the way people dress in this business." But you know, it's like one of my first interviews out of college. I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. Um. So I didn't get the job, but then they started calling me for day playing stuff, and it was just. Like, to show up at, like, 5 a.m. Having no idea where I'm going, what I'm looking for, who I'm
0: looking for. Dude, one of my very first days on Army Mars is exactly the same way. We're at Boone Hall, season six, and I showed up as a set PA. It was like my second day ever as a set PA in my life on a narrative, and I showed up, and I had no idea what I was supposed to be doing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I had... wandered around. Yeah, I, I, um, my first day was, was one of the, like, the the Linwood stages. And so it's just like, you know, they've got the entire like Iraq set outside. And I just showed up at 5am and I had interviewed with Sebastian and interviewed with another second AD uh, named Terry Martin. And those were the only two people that I, that I knew. And so I just like show up and I'm just like looking around like Terry had called me and she'd be like, are you available for work? Yeah. Okay. 5am be there. Sure. And just kind of like get out of the car and start looking around. And I have no idea. It's like, Okay, great. What's what's a base camp? Like where where am I I yeah. And look at you now. And look at look at me now. Ten it's all history. Ten years later, still just doing the exact same thing every day. Just
0: looking Where's around, McKay?
1: wondering what I'm supposed to be where, where doing. Where the hell is McKay? Yeah.
0: <laughs> He's wandering around the parking lot. So you kind of just fell into it then, which is that's that's pretty cool. Are you are you uh do you there's no regret that you didn't, you know, do radio, right? Or do you no. is that something you
1: still are interested in or no, no regret. Um, I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, like, I still like that medium, but I also understand that radio is like kind of a dead thing, um, or dying thing, I guess. Right, but right. I mean, no, I, I love what I do, and it's it's great. It's different every day. Um, get to do a lot of really cool things. Um, but yeah, no, just totally lucked into it. That's that's awesome. <laughs> Which, yeah, like I said, I mean, I know everybody has like the the stories of playing with camcorders and the dreams of directing and writing, and I did not have that, and just kind of like here I am. Yeah, it's great. You've made it work. I like to think so, <laughs> at least. So what? So what, when you finally got
0: like, you know, obviously you wanted to do radio in the beginning and didn't go into that. You get into your own army wives. Did you think well? This is cool. Maybe I'll, did you consider doing any other departments or you just, you just came in and you were like, all right, well, you came in as a set PA and you just kind of stuck with it or, I mean, how did that work? What was your, what's your goal? Um,
1: I really, I really didn't think about other, other departments. I just kind of jumped into it and I felt like I did well and had success right away. Um, I day played season three, started kind of getting my feet wet And at the end of the season, Harry used to always have a beach bash, these uh, beach parties. And they hired two PAs to, you know, just basically PA these parties. It was on a Saturday. It's lugging coolers, lugging kegs of beer, like moving food. It's just helping set up, tear down, doing that. And I did that. And at the end of the party, a huge storm hit. And everyone split. And me (laughs) and the guy that like that that I was PA' with, like we had to like tear all this stuff down. So we just tore down this entire party, like right in the middle of this storm. And I got an email like the next day from Harry just thanking me and telling me that I was on the next season no matter what. Like and just full-time. that that because I busted my ass at that party and and did a good job that like he was just invested in me and was looking out for me from there on out. So then the next season I got a full time job and just kind of from there, things things rolled. So
0: that's sweet, man. So were you? Did you have to come in and be like this, the like the um, uh, the walkie talkie PA or any of that kind of stuff, or did you kind of just get to come in and just do? Because I'll be honest with you, I have been so out of the like set PA like circle for so long that mm-hmm. I don't even. It's like you have this, you have the key set PA, obviously, yeah. And then you have the you have like a walkie talkie PA, and then the rest of them are kind of just. Just general, uh, general set
1: PAs? Generally, we have a key PA who's you know, there helping set lockups and just kind of the extension of the second second. Um, we usually have a person dedicated to background, um, a person dedicated to first team cast, just making sure right,
0: right, right. they're
1: where they need to be, getting touched up when they need to be, and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then a walkie PA, um, and then a base camp PA, somebody back in the trailers, helping, helping back there. But yeah, so usually like four to five PAs on a staff.
0: And then additionals when needed. And yeah, that kind of stuff
1: exactly. Um, but I, I started off as a walkie PA and then, um, I think about mid season we had some people move around. Um, and then I ended up out in base camp, um, which was a totally foreign world to me. Um, and they just kind of thought that my personality would work back there, but so then in base camp you're you're helping the second a d in that world, just making sure actors are arriving on time, going into hair and makeup, going into costumes, making sure they're ready, and then um, getting helping get them to set and making sure they're where they need to be when they need to be um. You know, we're also like helping coordinate fittings for incoming actors that haven't worked yet. Um, You're helping coordinate like ADR schedules if they have to go do ADR and do other things. Um, So that's just kind of a a different world separate from the set where you're in your own little bubble kind of doing stuff back there. I bet you that's
0: a pretty big, that's probably a... Pretty difficult transition if you're used to being on set constantly,
1: right? And then being thrown y- yeah. into the background,
0: PA or the uh, the base camp PA position. Like. Yeah,
1: and, espe- and especially since that was like my first full time job to kind of get thrown back there. Because when I got there, it was Keegan Sacco, and Keegan had the most experience of anybody that I knew, and so that was his position. Then he went off to go do. Green Lantern, which right. I heard him reference on this <laughs> yes. podcast. Um, and so then they decided to throw me back there. And so I felt like you're going from one extreme to the, to the other, like a person who has tons of experience and then a person who is just very much learning the entire business and the entire world. Um, but if yeah. you don't really know any better and you just kind of are told, hey, this is how you do it, then you just kind of go in and do it.
0: I mean, that's kind of the business, though yeah there's not a whole lot of there's not really a whole lot of time to to like teach somebody you know step by step you kind of got to just get thrown into it no matter what department you're in i think you know yeah what I mean? it's like you get thrown to the wolves pretty quickly
1: you can you can <laughs> have an understanding, but you're never gonna know every facet, every nuance of what you're doing a, right. a lot of it is just trial by fire, and you know, as I'm sure other people have said on this, like army wives was a very familial um, crew, it was just a very easy place and people were willing to teach and give people the proper amount of time to learn. Um, they weren't setting you up to fail. So right, right, right. like people were putting you in positions that maybe you weren't quite ready for, but it was going to be a give and take. They understood what they were doing and were giving you enough time and leeway to kind of learn the way to do it. And, right. and yeah.
0: I remember... You know, having done Army Wives first, obviously, like a lot of people here, um, it was a really, really great introduction to the film industry. And then I got hired to go work on Reckless (laughs) right afterwards, and it was so vastly different and so much more stressful that it it blew my mind. Like it was a little uh, disheartening in a way at that point. You know, because I wasn't quite used to the way like a real stressful set is. You know. Yeah. And I just remember being on my first day actually, funny, funny, uh, one of the guys uh not going to mention his name, but first day I show up, I shake his hand and he says, "Hey, nice to meet you. I'm the guy that didn't want you here <laughs> I'll tell you his name after <laughs> <laughs> i I think i I have a couple guesses so uh it was just a very, very different vibe
1: <laughs> uh, yeah and and it's it's when you are on a show that's run for seven, eight years with primarily the same people you just kind of get into that groove yeah and it's it's just a very different setting but then in the moment all of us are like man this show like i'm so ready for this thing to end i'm so ready for something else but then the next show you take you're like oh man why Mm. did i ever leave that like why am i not on army wives all of the time
0: sometimes that's how i feel about my time off legitimately last
1: last weekend i saw an ad friend that came up on army wives and he was like man, don't we all miss Army Wives? And it's like,
0: I think, yeah, we all do. And Will I mean, Hand, I think, and I discussed that a little bit. You know, a really nice, easy show that pays well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> a nice, consistent job at home that, you know, it runs for six months every year, and you just kind of, you see your friends, and yeah.
0: That's funny. So what is, uh, what's something that surprised you about the film industry
1: once you got in? Um, man, everything, really. Um it's it's still crazy I mean the amount of hours that it takes um, that is still just kind of mind blowing to me that at some point in time it hasn't been a little more regulated or figured out a way to to not do the sixteen seventeen eighteen hour days um the amount of people like just like i said i I'd, I'd never been on any kind of set, so just to think of the amount of people in every department and just like that you're with a crew of 200 people a hundred of which you see but then there's that whole other crew that is offset doing the next day's work or right. back in the office or painting the next set or it's just the amount of people that it takes to do what we do the amount of time you know we we put in four or five hours into a scene that's maybe Three minutes long.
0: Right, right, right. Just the amount yeah. of
1: time and effort that goes into just like putting together an hour long show or a 30 minute show or whatever it is. I mean, that's still kind of crazy to me. Um,
0: I think that just since I've been in the business, which is like, what, I don't know, six years or something, um, the amount of pages that we've shot that we shoot on average per day has gone up. Like, I feel like on Army Wise, it was like two pages a day, maybe three pages a day, and that was like a normal day. And now if I see eight pages on the call sheet, I'm like, all right, well it's an eight page day. And then I'm like not taken aback by that.
1: Yeah, and and when I when I started, um features were always a little bit slower paced than television. I did a lot of TV right right off the bat and would always hear like, Oh, features are so much slower. Like you do like two scenes a day, you do like two pages a day, it's so much nicer and easier. And I don't think that that's the case at all. I've I've been on many features that are still shooting eight and nine, right. ten pages a day just because, you know, you got to get it done. They don't want to spend the money on the extra days, and yeah. it's just – it's crazy. But, yeah, I feel like it, when I first started, everyone kind of talked about a TV pace versus a feature pace, and I feel like somewhere along the line that has just blurred into – just production pace. Like right, it's right, just, right. It doesn't matter if you're shooting a TV show or a feature. It's like it's it's going to be the same breakneck speed, like moving, moving, moving. Why aren't we already over here? Why aren't we already over there? Like, what's? I feel like it's just constant, like keeping up.
0: Yeah, I would say the only feature that I've ever worked on where it felt like the rumored featured pace was, um, Max Steel. Mm. Do you remember that one? Um, I, know, I know of it. Yeah, it was like a kid's toy or something they made a movie out of. But yeah, yeah. I remember showing up. I think I was on second unit. I don't know. What, what. Yeah, second unit or something. And I showed up with like Reckless having been behind me and just ready to just be like going full speed ahead and, you know, get to work, get the cameras out there. And we sit there for like two and a half hours waiting for them to light. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, we're, we're still sitting here. Like, what? This is so weird. (laughs) I'm going to Crafty. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Let me know when something's happening.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, unless, you know, you're doing, like, a Marvel thing that has the time and money to, like, spend spend the day, like, not just flying through stuff. But, yeah, I feel like most of the things that I've done, I mean, are all mostly lower-budget things. Like, I'm not working on top-tier things, so... They still have a schedule and right. a budget, and, like, you know, they're very concerned about each and every thing. Right,
0: right, So why don't you take me through your your day? Like, let's pretend it's Monday morning. What do you, how does your day start?
1: Um, my day, generally, um, people in the AD department generally get half an hour to an hour pre-call. So we're, we're in about a half an hour to an hour before the rest of the crew... Is to be on set. So, say we have a seven o'clock crew call. I'll be in at six, six thirty. Um, I like to go in and kind of meet up with my second AD just to kind of go over the call sheet, um, just to see if there's anything that I'm not privy to, anything big, anything that I should be aware of, just to to know, um, you know, if there's a big hair makeup changeover, if there's a chance that we might swap the order of the day. If there's, um, say we have like a big background scene, just kind of like, do I need to break somebody off early to go start getting background ready? Just to go through the day with him, because as the second AD, his job is to plan the day that is coming up. So, you know, his yesterday was spent planning my today, um, so to speak. So, um, he's usually he or she very dialed in on what is going on, um, for that day. So I just like to download with them and just make sure I know what's going on and make sure there's nothing that, um, will surprise me. Um, and then I'll go to set and just kind of start checking in with the PAs, make sure if we do have background coming in that, that the background are, are getting ready and we have our numbers and and that kind of stuff. Um, if we're on a location just to check in with the first team PA, make sure that they've got an area where they're going to set up the cast so that between setups and between scenes, they've got a place to go hang out. um, And then just kind of touch base with the first AD and just um, see kind of what, what's up first, where we're looking, what, what we need to be doing, what I need to be thinking about. If there's background, if there's cars, if there's, um, you know, anything like that, just kind of start dialing in with them. Um, to get everything as ready as we can before a crew call, before we start going. So um, then,
0: so then, once the, once the day starts, you, what do you do? Like, um, once the crew, once we're in, basically, what is your?
1: You um, gen- generally, it'll be we'll kind of get everything cleared out for a rehearsal. Actors and director will get together and, and do a rehearsal. Um, I mean, it, depending on the 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 show some of them they keep private some of them they do it for the crew um but then we will go into lighting and then at that point the cast goes off and finishes getting ready um if we have background we start getting them dialed in and start putting them into places um but then we just start getting everything ready for that first shot um so that we can get the day rolling and Just kind of goes from there. Eight hours later, we go to lunch. I've got
0: a question for you. Oh my god, lunch is great. (laughs) (laughs) I was telling somebody. I was actually. I was having a conversation with someone earlier about um, him. I'm trying to get him to get back into the business. He's kind of out of the business right now. I'm trying to get him back into the business. Uh And he was talking about how he has a nine to five job, and he the only thing he really likes, you know, knowing what time he's going to be off work. And I was like, dude, you just got to get used to, you know, going in the morning knowing that you're not going to know what time you get off work, and you just have to count the hours till lunch. You know, I count the hours to lunch every day. I'm like, what time is lunch? You count, you
1: count, the first is you count until sandwiches come around three hours into the day, give or take. And then it's six hours (laughs) into the day when you break for lunch. And then, yeah, you just kind of base everything on when you get to eat. That's another thing that really surprised me about um, when I joined the film business was like showing up to a fully catered lunch every day. Right. Um, You know, like...
0: Well, it's a breakfast and a lunch, too.
1: I yeah, mean. exactly. But just the the first day of walking into a lunchroom where there's a beef and a chicken and a fish and you just like a full catered lunch every single day. That was that was yeah. something that, was something that it's a impressed f- me in my first day when I walked onto a set. It's like, oh, wait.
0: It's a fantastic surprise. <laughs> yeah. A full
1: <laughs> catered meal every single day.
0: I have a question. You were, on, were you on naked? No. Okay. Well... Okay, well, then I have a question that is based on my experience on Naked, but you can probably answer this. So what do you do when you've got three days of 300 extras, and after the first day, uh, half of them decide (laughs) not to show up (laughs) the second day? Um, It was a cold day on Naked. It was like a three-day shoot in the winter, and they were supposed to look like summer. And we had like a 300 extras the first day, and then like half of them dropped out for the second day. So I just want to... Was wondering, that when like, you guys
1: were doing like the, mar- the ending of the marathon, the like right run. downtown? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the bridge run. Yeah. I'm
0: wondering what was their solution? Because they they solved it. It's just
1: like, how did they solve it? Um, I mean, in those situations, all you can really do is call extras casting and just try to get more bodies. Um, Obviously, continuity-wise, like, Things may or may not match if, you know, if your entire front row decided they don't want to be there anymore, there's really not much you can do. But yeah, you just try to get as many bodies as you can and, um, and you try to treat the extras as best you can to not have them do that, you know, you just keep encouraging them, keep telling them that they're important, keep reminding them that we can't do it without them because- I mean, it's it's a dumb thing to say, but like movies would look really weird if it was just two actors walking down the street all the time and there was never anyone that they passed on the street. Right. Like you need the extras. And so you just kind of have to, I know that it, a lot of people have a hard time like treating them as people, as bad as that sounds. <laughs> it like does sound Some terrible. people really do just like kind of treat them as like the furniture and a set dressing. And they just kind of like, you go stand over there, you stand over there. And you know, you have to like, engage them and, and teach them, like have some fun with them. Give them a reason, like give them some backstory, just tell them like some funny things just to, you know, cause you want to keep them engaged because right. we need them. But yeah, you just kind of ask for more people and just try to mix it up just, the best that you can to so like not be glaring that, you know, Bob isn't standing right where Bob was yesterday.
0: You know what, another thing about treating extras right is it's a, a lot of these extras are probably people that really want to be filmmakers and you don't want to sour their experience yeah on set
1: you know it, it's true um you know every show you get like one of them will like slip you a business card or like slip you an email and like it's a young person that once this is just their avenue of trying to break in right um and we've i mean we've found good background people that we turn into pas that that are smart and get it um and then you've got like the career people that you just see from show to show and they're totally content making their 70 bucks a day and <laughs> like just want to be on a film set and yeah. like be near an actor. But, but you
0: can't blame them for that. You know, that's no. the it's
1: their I mean, thing. It's a fun retirement it's, plan. Yeah, it's it's great. Something, something to do. <laughs> I mean, I get it. It's a, it's interesting. It's different. Like people don't get to see film sets every day. So if you can
0: handle how boring it can be, cause it can be boring. Oh, absolutely. Then more power to you.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, um, I just finished up a live remake of Lady and the Tramp in Savannah. And so we had background that were in period clothing. So it was like hours to have them like get ready and stuff. And there would be days where we would bring people in and we would just never use them. And you're just sitting there for like six, seven hours. It's like, what time do they start going into overtime? Okay. Yeah. We should get rid of them. We're not going to use them. Right. And they just sit there for six hours in this period clothing. And then like, you know, they get a snack and they go home. Um, but the experienced ones bring books and bring things and but yeah, it's not a glamorous life by any means if no. you're doing it for that.
0: <laughs> but so lastly, what is a piece of advice that you would like to give to someone who's thinking about doing film as a career?
1: Um I tried to think about this when I when you sent me these questions. Um just to stick with it. Um if you if you truly do want to do it, stick with it and don't be afraid to ask questions and and honestly if you if you don't know exactly what you want to do a great way to learn is to just become a set pa and get in there and it gets you on a set it gets you the experience and then talk to other departments you'll you'll become friendly with people and just kind of shadow other people and see kind of what they do and how they do it and and don't be afraid to ask the questions of why and and that kind of stuff because it, it is it's it's a big business but it's a very small community like you see the same people everywhere and it's a very small community and people are very friendly and willing to to help out and to teach and um and talk and so yeah, if you if you don't know exactly what you want to do, a great way to start is to set PA and just kind of shadow other departments, talk to other departments, and don't be afraid to ask questions because that's the easiest way to learn. It's right, just, right, right. You know, just to ask questions and then get the explanations and, and just kind of file that away so that you know the next time.
0: Exactly. It's great advice. Well, uh, I think that's it. Thank you so much for being with me uh, on the Second Six Podcast. Thanks. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of The Second Sticks Podcast. As always, you can contact me via email at thesecondstickspodcast at gmail.com, Instagram at thesecondstickspodcast, or Twitter at Second Pod. If you enjoyed the show, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes and subscribe. And also, please share this podcast with your friends. Thanks.